Many of the clubs playing the beautiful game were founded by churches. Spurs started at All Hallows Church in Tottenham, and Fulham started as Fulham St Andrews Church Sunday School Football Club. Warren Evans, the CEO of Sports Chaplaincy UK, says there are other well-known examples. There are a number of clubs that have uh, Church of England origins. That's evident when you go to the Football Museum in Manchester. So clubs like Wolves, Bolton Wanderers, Birmingham City, Man City and Southampton, still known as the Saints. But not all Church of England, so some clubs were formed by uh, churches of other denominations? Yeah, many others were. I'm, I'm thinking off the top of it, I think Aston Villa, Everton, quite a number of other clubs were started by other churches. The closest link between the church and football now is through football chaplains. National League side Dagnum and Redbridge, known as the Daggers, have two chaplains. Neil Kinghorn started with the team while working for a Church of England church. Well, I would say it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit like being a minister at a church, but rather than at church and having your congregation there, we're coming into the local community, i.e. this case, uh, a football club, and we're offering help and support to uh, anybody that's connected to the club, suppliers and uh, fans and staff and, and so forth, just to try and bring something of, uh, of the good news of, of the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus into that environment environment but in a sensitive way because we recognise that you've got everybody in all sorts of makeup in, in a football club but we're here to just to offer help and support and those that have a faith support them where we can, those that don't just to support them again where they're, where they're at in whatever position of life they find themselves so just coming in with with help and support to, uh, to the football club and to the staff and to the, the fans of Dagenham and Redbridge. Church of England member Jeff Potter says chaplaincy work is about building relationships. I think the, the, the players themselves, because we go along um, to the training sessions, um, they're usually very, very open to you. Um, but you'd often find that the opportunities to chat and be a help would be that you see a lone player sitting on the bench, you know, he looks a bit fed up. As you walk past, you say, you're getting on. And then they might talk about, you know, their position in the team or things are difficult trying to get mortgages, it all be the you know, usual gambit of life, different things that are happening. So it's often very informal that you, you get conversations where you're being a help to people. Uh, you, you get one or two that say, can I come and meet you because I've got a problem. But normally it's just picking it up when they're having lunch, sitting around the table, having a ch chat, that things develop, conversations develop. So often they'll come with a presenting problem or it might be the, uh, the difficulty to travel to work or something like that. And then there'll be the deeper issues we brought out later on. So a lot of it is just, I think you call it friendship, um, relationships, friendship with people, and just being available. Dennis Lawrence, the community trust manager at Dagenham and Redbridge, says there was a time when the chaplains were able to help an entire family. We had a problem that we discovered about a, a young lady who played in one of our girls football teams and her mother had been evicted, they were living in a church. I discovered it had been a, a, a big misunderstanding um, with the local authority that had been evicted. But I wasn't in a position, I didn't have the role to be able to take it forward. So I went to the, the chaplains. After a time, the two of them, together with the wife of one of the chaplains, um, 
were able to sort things out. The, 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 the woman and her two children were housed and I believe she's now gone on, she's been able to study um, and, and she's now gone through both a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and uh, looking forward to uh, studying for a doctorate. Um, and that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't have had the chaplains here. South of the river, Charlton Athletic men's team play in League One. Their chaplain, Matt Baker, says helping with celebrations is also part of the role. During the lockdown, the first lockdown, we had a real privilege with uh, one of the players whose partner had the baby, their first baby, of, of doing a kind of doing a, a Zoom Thanksgiving for the birth of the baby, which was lovely. It was him and his partner, obviously the baby, and, and a few other players doing that together as a, as a celebration. Fantastic to do that. And then you've got the sporting celebrations as well. Uh, you know, we, we, we rarely, of course, in, in, unless you're right at the top, you know, most people will occasionally experience a, a promotion. But, you know, there's only so many promotions or cups that are going to be, be won in a season. But when you're part of that and in, in the background and it's appreciated, yeah, it's great. It's great to be there with the staff and the players and to be at those, those moments of celebration as well. Jason Pierce is the captain of Charlton men's team. Personally, I was never massively into religion, but Matt, who comes comes into Charlton, um, got speaking with Matt, and he's such a great guy, such an easy guy to speak to, um, and it was just it was just nice to get to know him and him to get to know us, and he always seemed to have time to speak to everyone. Um, I think moving forward, um, as the years has gone on, as I've known him, he's the same with everyone, and I think it makes everyone feel so welcome um, that they can speak to speak to him about anything and. Mental health in football has become massive now and, and I, th I think it's so fundamental that, that clubs do have a chaplain um, or someone like that who, who they can speak to, so I can't speak highly enough of him. We do match day prayer, which is before the game, um, which I've, I've been going to um, the last year, I'd say now. And yeah, it's been really great for me. It's opened my mind up. Um, obviously, Matt will, will talk about... Um, it will tell us a prayer and, and, and it sort of sometimes relates to how things are in, in your own personal life and um, I just thought it was, it was great and there's been people that have come, gone, um, people who have been in different circumstances so it's just, it's just for anyone and it just gives you that time to sit and think about your life, think about religion um, and I think it's a real positive. Charlton manager Nigel Adkins says it was a pleasant surprise to find out that Charlton Athletic had a chaplain. I was really pleased, I'll be honest with you. I mean, having had the experience of being at Scunthorpe United and Reverend Alan Wright was there when I was the physio and as the manager, really supportive. And then when I moved on to um, Southampton, Andy Bowman was there. And again, the experiences that we can share with you of how he helped myself and other players was really good. And Steve Prince was brilliant at Reading. And then obviously when I joined Darton Athletic, Matt straight away introduced himself to me, which was great, Matt Baker. And it's been fantastic. And from my point of view, as the manager of the football club, it can be a very lonely place, although I've been made to feel very, very welcome here. I know there's a, it's, I'm privileged really that there's somebody I know at the football club I can speak to in confidence in a safe environment. So uh, I was really pleased when I found out Matt was here. Charlton Athletic women's team play in the women's championship and have just turned professional. Their chaplain is Catherine Sales. 
for me, a chaplain is someone at the club who is there for everyone, staff and players, to support them in not just football, but all areas of life. Because football, professional football, is a pretty intense environment, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of expectation, there's a lot of kind of personal discipline and management. And in life, if other stuff isn't quite going to plan, that can put then a lot of pressure on your ability to perform on the football pitch and just be kind of top of your football game. And for a lot of people, having an outlet or somewhere to talk or just offload some of that stuff onto, I've been told is really helpful. And so a chaplain is there, I think, in my personal opinion, primarily to support the well-being and you know, everything about the individual person, both inside and outside of football, be there to talk to them. It's a lot of talking. It's just a lot of being present for when people need you. Women's sport is getting a much higher profile now than it has in the past. How does that change things? I think there's a combination of anticipation and excitement, but also potentially a little bit more pressure on clubs to, um, maybe players to, I guess, reach the top of the game, to perform giving up day jobs to then come and do this professionally is a massive sacrifice as well in what might feel like a slightly uncertain environment. Obviously, right now they have contracts and that's brilliant. But from season to season, these guys don't know quite what's going to happen. And I think um, because the whole of the system isn't uh, funded as well yet, if it doesn't work out this season for them here, actually they might need to revert back to what they were doing before, which is working and playing. And so I think... It's a really exciting place to be and we are definitely benefiting from the investment and just, I guess, excitement in the nation, I think, about women's sport just becoming better and better and better supported. But I think alongside that, it's not not kind of a solid enough system that means that things aren't going to change and so there is some uncertainty. So extra opportunities but extra challenges as well. Yeah, I think so. But the opportunities, I think, definitely outweigh the challenges. The challenges are just new things to overcome that perhaps just due to the fact that we haven't been here that much before, there's new things to think about. And I think most people think of those as an exciting thing to overcome rather than prohibitive. But but overall, uh, some challenges, but the, the positives definitely outweigh them. Becky Jane plays right back for Charlton Athletic Women's team and welcomes the higher profile that women's football is getting. Yeah, it's massive. Um, I mean, I've been full-time for six years now, and if you said ten years before that had I been, would have been a full-time professional footballer, I would have said, no, that's not a thing, because it wasn't a thing. Um, and yeah, the media, just the whole hype around women's football is, is massive now. What difference do you think a, a chaplain can make? I think it's an underlying role that no one really sort of speaks about too much, but and no one really kind of understands how much an impact it can have. Um, I think from my previous experience at, at Reading, having Angie there was incredible. Um, you wouldn't realise what you were saying and what, what you were speaking about, but you come away from, from chatting to her and you'll feel a lot a lot better for it. So I think it's a massive role that isn't as best seen in terms of it should be a, a, bit, a more importance than it is, I think. Ritish Mishra is the head coach for Charlton Athletic Women's team. Working with a chaplain was a new experience for him. My previous clubs never had a chaplain working at the club. Um, so for me it was intriguing 
but also like you know quite interesting to understand how a chaplain would work in a an elite performance environment um so i was coming at that with not much knowledge um so i was you know really surprised and uh, quite thankful with the support that chaplaincy can provide not just to the players but also to, to the staff so being at Charlton is my first experience of working with a chaplain. We've been working together for probably this is the fifth, maybe the fifth season, um, and I think the it works in peaks and troughs. Um, Catherine and I would speak sometimes not very frequently, sometimes a lot more. I think it, it often depends on the environment and the um, the situation around the group. So for example, during the lockdown. Uh, Catherine did a lot of work with the players and staff to support with their their well-being um, and creating a, a really safe environment for the team. Um, and I think we built a relationship where, you know, I think we have full trust in each other. Uh, and Catherine will work with players directly, as and when uh, she needs to. And I think she makes herself really open and accessible, but does not force her support on anybody, including staff. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of having a chaplain like Catherine. What difference do you think a chaplain can make? As a member of staff, I think it can take a lot of pressure off you to feel like you have to deal with a lot of conversations and challenges that you don't feel ready or equipped to have. Um, so having that support and knowing somebody in your staff group is an expert in difficult conversations and how to approach situations that would be entirely new to me. Um, it it helps. It gives you comfort knowing that you're providing your players with a, a, a well-being support um, and another avenue for them to feel supported other than the co you know the coaching staff and one thing I've also learned is that it's great for us as staff members to know that we've got a person who we can speak to if we need to and we all you know we all go through difficult periods and I certainly have spoken to uh, to Catherine not just about players but myself and that's really helped me in my job to be the best coach I can be but of course, not just for challenges, but also for celebrations as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, Catherine's been through thick and thin with us when we won the league, um, was part of those celebrations, part of the staff through thick and thin, like everybody is. Um, and Catherine's at every game. So if we win, we celebrate together. If we lose, we lose together. So I think yeah, you're right. It's not just about the challenges. It's also about helping create a positive environment generally. Uh, for the players and Catherine's a big part of that. Warren Evans says it's not unusual for a football club to have at least one chaplain. Out of the top four divisions, there will be either 70 or 71 teams that have chaplains. Some teams like Charlton and Reading have a, a men's chaplain for the men's first team, they'll have a women's uh, chaplain and some will have academy chaplains as well. So some teams will have three chaplains, some will have two, some will have just one chaplain. But yeah, out of the top four divisions, there are around about 71 teams that have chaplains engaged. But one thing chaplains don't do is pray for their team to win. Matt Baker explains why. I've had the privilege of praying with players now for about 12 or 13 seasons uh, because a player asked me if I'd do it pre-match and then it's just carried on. And of course that player's moved on. Uh, and most games, home games, I'll knock on the change room door, see if any players want to come out to pray. And if there's a new player, I always say, look, I'm not going to pray for a win. Um, I want you to win. Of course I want you to win. I'm your chaplain. 
but I, I'm not going to get into that. And invariably, there's going to be a chaplain on the other side. So do we have a pray-off on the pitch beforehand to see whose prayers are more powerful? I mean, that then makes a nonsense of, of prayer and what we're about, doesn't it? One advantage of having chaplains at so many teams is that chaplains can spot common problems which may need to be tackled nationally. As the pastoral support director for Sports Chaplaincy UK, Matt works closely with organisations like the Professional Footballers Association. We continue to dialogue, a good relationship with the PFA. Uh, I think there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a way that we could be more involved around transition out of the game as well. And the PFA do, do stuff on that, of course. But I, th I think, because I have this conversation with chaplains quite a bit, because once you've, once you've been at a club, you've got to know the players and then they move on. But that, you know, that you're still their chaplain in a way, even though they move on somewhere else. And so there are, there are players now who are out of game that I bump into. Perhaps even more so once they're out of the game, that's a time when they reflect, because they're now 35, 40, got most of their life ahead of them. The football side of it is over, at least the playing side of it. Uh, and then they're starting to ask questions about life and where it's all going. I think there's a part that we can play in that from a church perspective, uh, from a chaplaincy perspective. Where church operates well, those life moments we get right. I don't say we get everything right in church, we don't. But, you know, there are markers in life, aren't there? You know, there's, there's baptism, there's, there's, there's confirmation, if, depending on the denomination, there's, there's uh, marriage, and then, of course, you know, time and, and, and death as well. And there's life markers that we help with in the church. From a football perspective, I, I think we've got something to unpack, really, from a psychological perspective in terms of that transition period when players come out of the game and how we can offer support there and maintain that. Uh, there are lots of issues around identity uh, because you are identi uh, your identity is as a footballer. Well, that isn't really your identity. That's what you do. That's not who you are. I think we can help with that, along with sports psychologists, again, and other people in welfare. So they're the sort of things that the PFA may be involved in, but they trust us to a degree to be involved in that as well. So I'd love to see that developing. Supposing a team didn't have a chaplain, would it be worth appointing one? Becky Jane, Jason Pearce and Nigel Adkins agree. I'd give the advice to go, to go and try and find one and get one. Um, I think a lot of teams don't really have the, the psychological support there, in, especially in female football yet. Um, not many teams have that the funding and the support to get that. Um, and I think a chaplain, not that that's the same role, but I think it, it can really help players in terms of just getting feelings off their chest and just having something to talk to. I would say for sure, 100% um, get, get a chaplain in, to be honest, because I think it's just plays such a, a pivotal role within the club. Um, players come in to train, don't really talk much, and then they go home. Whereas when Matt's in here, um, he goes round and makes sure he speaks to everyone, whether that be when they're coming off the training pitch, at lunchtime, after lunch, whenever that may be. And um, it just gives you that chance to sit down and, and reflect and talk about your life, whether it's... And it just gives people time to, to open up. And I think that's so important um, to be able to do that. I'd advise them to consider having one in place I, I, because I've found the benefits of it. I've just talked about four football clubs that I've been at and there's been many positive situations that have helped players and good debate about religion. I remember, for example, being with Andy at, um, around the dining table 
the canteen, if you like, with the players and whatever. And there was a good debate going on about religion because there's so many different religions now as well. And it was, a, it was an open conversation, a challenging one, which was really good because it's broadening the mind, isn't it? Uh, because we all need to be challenged, check and challenge. And, um, you know, we can talk through it. And Andy held it, held the, the conversation so, so well and brought it together because the empathy was there to, to listen. I think that's very, very important to be able to listen and understand what people's thoughts are and how you can bring it together. So um, I'm just using that as one example. And again, from my experience as the manager, someone who's prepared to listen and just be supportive, it's a valuable thing. And so from my point of view, I would advise every club to consider having a chaplain. I do believe we've all been given God-given talents, whether that's to be uh, a minister in a church, whether that's to be a footballer. God-given talents that are there for his glory. So very happy then to pray with players. They've got things going on in their lives they may want to talk about before the game, uh, but then to, to pray together and pray that God would bless those talents, however they're used on that day, whether they play for 90 minutes or whether they're just in and around it that day. Uh, those gifts and talents are there to be used for the glory of God. Let's offer them to him and ask him to bless them and multiply them and use them for his glory. Uh, I think we should be doing that in every area of our life and, and, and football's one of those. And I do see it as an act of worship as well. I want the players to see that worship isn't something that we, you know, we keep away in a, in a church on a Sunday morning and it, that's, that's what worship's about. No, we worship with our lives and that includes how you play football. Go out there and worship God in the way that you play football. Enjoy it. Let the people watching enjoy it as well. And give it your 100%. I think that's how we should be living in life.